This podcast contains spoilers to some of your favorite cheesy holiday movies. As if you don't already know that Christmas is saved and they live happily ever after. Because magic or Christmas spirit or some shit. I'm Ashley. And I'm Dustin. Welcome to the Hokey Holiday Review, a podcast where we judge cheesy holiday movies. And let's be honest, having a last minute concert will not save your farm. Today's movie is called Christmas in the Smokies. It can be viewed on Netflix. It stars Sarah Lancaster, Alan Powell, and Barry Corbin. It was directed by Gary Wheeler and written by Richard Clark Jr. and Gary Wheeler. The Netflix synopsis is, In the Smoky Mountains, an ambitious woman works to save her family's historic berry farm as her ex, a country music star, returns to town. So basically the whole rundown of this thing, uh, we have Shelby and her family. They're about to lose their berry farm to this big time developer guy. Um, At the same time, we have Shelby's ex-boyfriend coming back to town. He's a big time country music star. His name is Mason Wyatt. Uh, and he pieced out like 20 years ago, uh, left her high and dry. So for a long time, she's hated Mason. But the two have to team up, put this benefit concert on to raise enough money to save the farm in time for Christmas. Woo! All right, with that being said, uh, Ashley, what do you think of the movie? What What do I think? I think that Shelby, that bitch, needs therapy. <laughs> she needs fucking therapy. Dude, it's been 20 fucking years. Like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like, you got your heart broken when you were 17. All right? Everybody. Everybody Everybody did. Everybody did. Okay? Who fucking didn't? But Shelby, honey, you gotta fucking let it go. Okay? Yeah. I mean, they're clearly in their, like, mid to late 30s. So, you know it's been, like, 20-ish years. Well, they said, like, they said it's been 20 years. And so, well, they didn't say it in the movie, but they said it in some, like, synopsis or something somewhere uh, that it's been 20 years so 17, uh, so now they're like 37 or something, um, that is 20 years later. And I mean, girl, girl, <laughs> yeah. get over it. Like I, I, like, I know that that shit sucks, but like 20 years later, like I would think that you've like dated other people or at least like gained some sort of perspective as an adult, but like, bitch, if you haven't go to therapy, that is what therapy is for. Yeah, well, in, in general, she's just she's the type of person that just doesn't want things to change. She think she likes things to that's stay true. the same, and like, I just think that's kind of connected to that kind of situation. I would agree. I would definitely agree with that because they do have like different things throughout where they they kind of hint at that. So, like for example, she's like driving this old ass truck that has the cassette. It's still she still listens to cassette tapes. Right. Right. And. Um, and so, and, you know, she, throughout the whole movie, she's upset because, um, you know, she doesn't want the town to change. And so the developer guy is like, hey, you know, you've got to be progressive, um, which I mean is a fair point, but she just does not want to be progressive. Like, she yeah. likes her town the way it was. She wants it to stay the way it is. Um, and so it's clear that she's stuck in the past and she has some sort of, like, complex about that. Yeah. But yeah. literally, that is what therapy is for bitch go there okay like (laughs) if you are still upset about a teenage boy that like left you and you are 30 
fucking seven. Like, a therapist needs to fix you, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, right, like, right. Like, who is 37 years old and still mad at their high school boyfriend? I mean, I'm sure there's people out there, but like... Okay, and they need to move on. And, and at this point, she should realize... Mason's become, like, this big country music star. Like, good for him. That was his dream. Like, he made it happen. He had to leave yeah. town to make it happen. Maybe yeah. maybe he should have said bye. Maybe he should have said something. But, like... Well, they say in the movie, um, he's talking to her dad, and he's like, I've written letters, like, I've tried to get a hold of her, and, yeah. like, he does say that. And, like, the hostility... You guys have to watch this movie. The hostility that she has towards him is, like, basically, like... He, like, ran over her cat on purpose. Yeah. Like, that well, is how she reacts towards and him. And she kind of looks for the trouble with him. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like no matter what Absolutely. he says or does, she just, like, has something, like, mean to say to him. Yeah. Like, like, they're out in the field or whatever, like, talking. Like, she's out there working, and he comes out there, and, and he's talking. he's talking about the farm, but he says, oh, you've expanded. He's talking about their family farm, like, the land that they have. She takes that as... I've gotten fat? Why would you say that? What do you mean? Like, Yeah, what? she doesn't actually say that. But, like, he goes, oh, it's, I see you've expanded. And she goes, excuse me? And he goes, no, not you. Like, the yeah. fuck? Who hears the words, you've expanded? And, like, take that to mean that you are fat. Yeah. Like, girl, <laughs> get over it. Like, stop looking for trouble where trouble is not. Like, you are the reason that 20 years later, you are still bitter as shit. Yep. Go to therapy. Moral of the story. Fuck. <laughs> Alright, so clearly clearly, you're very opinionated on Shelby. I, I'm sorry, I was. I, I did get on my soapbox a little bit. It was a little <laughs> intense, I'm sorry. We, we, can, we can go on now. Alright, alright. Um, so next we have Mason Wyatt. Mason is the ex-boyfriend who uh, skipped town years and years ago. Good old Mason. Uh, yeah, now he's this big old country music star. And uh, at the beginning of the movie, he's, like, on this, like, Dancing with the Stars type TV show. And he just, like, looks like a complete fool. Like, he, he look, he's, like, a jerk. And, like, he he sucks at dancing because he, he's such a jerk that he doesn't care about it. He's just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, he didn't bother to practice. It, like, he's clearly, like, a pretty big douche. Yeah, guy. like, his dancing partner just, like, walks off the set. And she's like, peace. Like, yeah. this guy sucks. Um... But yeah, so like in the next scene, like he he comes back to town and all of a sudden he's like this different person and he's like, you know, uh, the stardom's like changed me and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he, he came to town to like really like get back to his element and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. He's like, I want to come back and, you know, like, you know, remember who I am and where I came from. Yeah. And, and from there, like that's the end of the character development for yeah. like the second main character in this movie. Yeah. He just becomes like all of a sudden he just becomes this like good guy again. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, he has all the interactions with Shelby, but like, I think he's genuinely a good guy. Like from here on out, like she's, yeah, she's was, the one that's mad at him constantly. It was just a really weird, like form of character development because like it clearly showed that he was like one thing but then he was, like, the total opposite without any kind of character arc or, like, plot arc or anything. Yeah, it almost would have been better if, like, he came to town and he was still kind of a jerk. And then, like, later on, like, yes. maybe the part where he's like, oh, I'm going to do this concert. Maybe that's, like, his big moment. But there's not really yes. a big moment. He's like, just kind of, like, wasn't. whatever the whole time. And they did try to make a moment where, um, like, right before the benefit concert they put together... 
uh, he was like, hey, I got this gig, like, I'm gonna fly out and I'll be back for the concert, like, I'll be back to do this, and then she gets, Shelby gets mad at him, and then he decides, okay, I'm gonna turn down that gig and to yeah. do this. And so, like, I think that was kind of their attempt to, like, show that he had changed, but, like, from, like, the moment he stepped foot in town, yeah. like, five minutes into the movie, he... I mean, it, they had already shown that he yeah, changed. Like it yeah. was, it was super, a super boring character. Character like, just, development fail. Let's yeah, say that absolutely. So short blip about Mason Wyatt, um, but but going back to Shelby and her family. Look, I don't know who these people are, but their money problems—they just have a total lack of awareness uh, for like finances and I guess like how it works. So. Um, she has a meeting with the bank, like the finance guy, um, and she has a meeting with him because she, they want to buy more land. Um, and he's like, I, I can't give you more money. We've given you like multiple notices that mm -hmm. you're behind on like your payments. And this bitch straight goes, oh, I, I thought it was just a notice like the others. Like the others. What do you think notices are for? Like the fuck? Like, so you've gotten multiple notices, and, like, did you not think that they would eventually, like, act on them? Like, that's how money works. <laughs> like, they don't just, like, keep giving you, like, eviction notices, and, like, you just, like, oh, well, this is just, like, a notice that I'm gonna get kicked out of my fucking house. It's, it's so strange. Like, it was, like, what did you, like, what did you think? Like, it, it just, like, no awareness, and... And that just blows my mind that, like, she, oh, I thought it was just a notice. So, like, not only is she, like, bitter as shit, but also dumb as fuck, apparently. And um, her parents are clearly, like, no better. Like, yeah, yeah. her dad <laughs> has no care about losing the house. No, like, he's like, all. it's gonna be fine. Like, we're gonna wake up tomorrow and the sun's still gonna shine. Like, we'll be fine. We're always gonna be fine. Yeah, well, like, Shelby's like, we're gonna lose a house, and he's like, "Oh, we've been here before." Like, yeah, we we. Oh, I bet you have before. been here before. Like, yeah, because clearly you have no idea how money works, and like the mom is like kind of worried about it at this point, um, but like the dad is just—he's so funny because he's just like, "We're fine," and Shelby's like, "No, dude, like, dad, you're not fucking fine," um, and he's like, he's like hope and faith will save the farm. And, and he's just, like, talking about how, like, oh, you've got to have hope. Like, it's fine. Like, what about, I don't know, responsibility? Like, financial, um, like, budgeting? Like, yeah. do you, like, that's not going to, like, keep you from, like, clearly, of course, they've been here before because, like, they don't pay attention to their finance. It's so stupid. Well, what's funny about the dad saying, like, all that stuff, because he's like, oh, don't fight. Like, just have faith and... Everything will be good. But, like, the mom, like, right after that says, oh, we're fighters. We're going to fight. Like, like, what's your messaging here? Like, yeah, that's... Do you fight or do you not fight? Do, that's what do you really do? conflicting because for one to say, like, don't do any fighting. We're just going to rely on hope. And then for the other one to be like, we're fighters. Clearly, you're fucking not. <laughs> like, clearly, you just rely on hope. Like, I don't know. That's, that's fucking bonkers to me. Yeah. Um, but then we kind of find out that they're... Uh, there's sixty three thousand dollars in debt that they need to pay in when like sixty days. Yeah, they well they were told sixty days, and then when the when the bank called them like on their credit line, yeah, like they have they're collecting it by January second, so they have what did they say like three three weeks, weeks yeah. three weeks. So 
I don't know. Maybe don't rely on hope and maybe uh, you should get a financial advisor or something. Get a financial advisor and don't ignore the fucking notices that you get. God, dumbasses. So, okay, anyway, now that we've talked about how dumb they are, uh, so ways that they're, like, raising money. So Shelby, being the fucking savage that she is, um, she's, like, she tells Mason, you can stay with us for $4,000 a month. Um, which, I mean, he can he can pay because he's a big music star. Uh, but then she goes, oh, well, you know, it's Christmas, so we'll make it $5,000 <laughs> right. this month. Fucking savage. Um, but oh, and then he, she's like, you can sleep in the barn. Yeah, she's like, you can sleep in the barn. But then later she's like, animals sleep in the barn. Like, Dang. calling him an animal. So, like, very savage. Uh, but then her dad actually has this idea um, of how to raise money to save the farm. And um, it's... <laughs> I, I said the idea should have been, we'll beat him up and drain his bank account. <laughs> not fit like the christmas spirit imagine if the movie turned like that they just jumped in yeah (laughs) then the credits roll short movie to the point they just beat the shit out of it (laughs) trade his bank account i don't know how they would do that i don't care but i i love that plan of action um i really wish that the movie had gone that way um Oh, no, but his real idea is uh, for Mason and Shelby to put together a a benefit concert to raise money to save the farm. And uh, Dustin, as somebody that works in the concert industry, what do you think about this idea? I think it's a terrible idea and it's super unrealistic. So let's let's put in perspective here. Uh, They need to raise... A little over $63,000. Yeah, it was like $63,600 or something like that. Okay, so after they decide to do this concert, by the way, they decided like two or three days before. So there's not a lot of time for promotion. They live in a super small town. They don't say how big the town is, but we can assume it's probably just a few thousand people. I mean, if that, if that. Right. So, okay, let's let's do some some math and some yeah, thinking here. Mathing here. Um, they do decide tickets are going to be fifteen dollars, and kids under five are going to be free. Yeah. Okay. First of all, if you're trying to raise money for something, nobody should be free. But okay. Right. Um, so I was doing the math, and at fifteen dollars a ticket, they would need to sell four thousand two hundred tickets to raise sixty three thousand dollars, and that's without paying anyone. Like that's like Mason's not getting paid, his band's not getting paid, the um anybody working's not getting paid, their sound guys, your whoever. Yeah, we're assuming that everybody is volunteering their time on Christmas Eve. Right. And yeah, like there's no other expenses, like like nothing. Um and they did say they're gonna be selling food and stuff, but like are but all they the- didn't say they were gonna be selling oh. food. They said they would have food. We assume that they're selling it, but they also have to buy the food. And so they do have to pay themselves back a little bit if they have to buy the food. So clearly there are going to be expenses. Yeah, and and also I want to take in consideration, you know, their promotional budget. They, they had a big truck full of flyers. like, And that's not cheap. That's that, as many flyers as they had. It was, oh, yeah, it was gonna boxes be, and boxes. That was going to be um, probably hundreds of dollars at least, if not more. I just, you know, There's so, no way that anybody printed that all of those flyers for them for free. So, yeah, so... When the concert happens, you know, they do this on purpose. They don't show us any good shots of, like, 
the whole crowd. Right, we don't right. really have a sense of like how many people were there. But I've worked enough concerts in my day and events and stuff to to know like kind of get a, a feel for how many people are probably there. Um, and judging from the shots that we that we did see, yeah, and the applause that happened. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I was getting to. This applause is like kind of quiet, and you're like. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, and, it wasn't 4,000 people. It was what I would call a smattering. Yeah, well, he's not even on a stage either. He's probably about, like, he's just, like, on the ground or, like, maybe, yeah. like, six inches off the ground. So even if there are 4,000 people behind him, there's no way they can see him or right. hear him or anything. So I don't know. Usually I can um, suspend disbelief in a lot of these situations, but this one just made me so, so mad. Yeah, you were pretty heated about it. So, like, from the shots that we could see, like, we could really only gather that there was, like, maybe a 100 people there, but we're going to be generous and say that, like, may, say, say that maybe there's 300-ish people. Yeah, and so after doing some math, we say, like, 300 people, $15 a ticket, um, all that stuff, they're still... About $50,000 short of what they need. Yeah, I mean, and and talking about merch, you know, they did talk about selling merch. They didn't show any of that in the, in the movie. But, you know, let's say that everybody that went in attendance bought some merch, which is unrealistic. That's not an actual thing. You know, yeah. some people buy merch, some people don't. But, like, assuming that everybody has bought some some sort of merch... That still doesn't reach sixty three thousand yeah. dollars, and they never say how much they actually raised from the benefit concert. Right. Uh, if three hundred people bought twenty dollars t shirts, it would be six thousand um, dollars. Yeah, and then you add that to three hundred. <laughs> what's three hundred times fifteen? Three hundred times fifteen. Yeah, oh, let's do that math. math so, like, math, let's math, say three hundred people bought fifteen tickets, and that doesn't count the kids under five that are free. Plus six thousand, so we're at ten thousand five hundred dollars. Okay, so exactly like you said, fifty thousand. Yeah, like they they'd still need fifty thousand more. Yeah, and maybe they bought some food, but that that adds to it a little bit. Um, but then they have to pay for that food. Yeah, I nobody's don't. Nobody's donating that food. I've never worked in food, so I don't know if the overhead is on food and everything. I don't know. It's just super unrealistic and made me super mad. Um, it struck me right like like super close to home. You know. I remember you were so heated about it. I should have turned the movie off there. Um, but there was only like five minutes left at this yeah. point. That's, the end is super, super rushed. So speaking speaking of that, um, how this concert could not have possibly raised enough money, it actually didn't. And that's like the twist to the whole thing is like the benefit concert did not actually raise enough money to actually save the farm. They don't say how much was actually raised, but when they were doing like the calculations, like the handful of cash that was there was like pathetic. Like it was like, like yeah. I, it, it looked like it was like they probably, 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> they probably didn't say for a reason because of how unrealistic and because, ridiculous. Be, because it is. they knew concert promoters were watching and they're like, no, this isn't real. <laughs> this is a lie. <laughs> So then what actually saves the farm, you say? Because obviously this is like a feel-good, cheesy holiday movie, so the farm has to be saved, obviously. Yes. So what actually saves the farm? So earlier in the movie, Shelby was out, out in the streets <laughs> selling, selling <laughs> out pies. In the selling pies out in the streets. I guess she goes to like the main street or whatever and sells pies. Yeah, it has like a little like booth or like a setup. And or um, this lady and her husband buy a whole bunch of pies. She says that she's like the buyer for this um pretty big grocery store yeah, chain. Yeah, what we or assume is a big grocery store chain. Uh, chain, yeah. Yeah, so she takes her card and everything, buys a whole bunch of pies. 
And so at the end of the movie, after they count the money and they're like, we didn't make enough. I guess the farm's oh no, gone. I guess we're done. They just, they get a phone call on Christmas Eve at like nine o'clock at night. And, oh yeah. And guess who it is? It's the buyer. And she's like, yo, I'm gonna, we want to buy your pies. We heard your story about the concert and we heard you guys on the radio talking about it. We love your story. We, we love your product. We want to place an order. Yeah. And, and we're going to place this big order, have the money to you like in like two days. And the day, okay. The day after Christmas, which again is mm-hmm. unrealistic because nobody's doing business on Christmas. And like a lot obviously goes into like having to do that. Like as somebody that has to jump through a lot of hoops to issue like payments to people mm-hmm. in like my everyday like big girl job. Yeah. Um, it doesn't happen like the day after Christmas, but fine, whatever, fine. So that's what actually saves the farm. This lady makes such a large order that that actually saves the farm. And I, I mean, like maybe that's what the movie should have been about because that was such a small part of the movie. Yeah. Like the scene where the the buyer and her husband were there like was what 30 seconds yeah and like you forget fun. about her which i guess like that's what they try to consider like good movie making because like oh foreshadowing um but i i don't know like don't let me harp on it <laughs> all right so as per usual with these movies these cheesy movies there's so many like funny little weird bits that are just easy to make fun yeah. of and easy to laugh at yeah so the the first first i want to note that their house looks like it was decorated by cracker barrel yeah it looks like they went in there to have a meal and then they went to go check out and they uh went to the little gift shop in there and just was like oh let's buy everything they in just here and put bought it in the, house. the entire store you know what they just live in cracker barrel yeah that's what it is if they had lost their house they could have just moved into another cracker barrel <laughs> Okay, and, like, that's, okay, that's kind of mean to say, um, because, like, I know that that's kind of, like, southern charm, like, if you see, a, I mean, they, they decorated it really well, like, it definitely looks like a southern home, and, like, not to bash it, even though I'm kind of bashing it, like. It's just those dang Yankees judging it, yeah, the, judging it, the <laughs> South. us dang Yankees in Missouri. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, it was just something that I noticed, something that I kind of found entertaining, like, when, when we were watching it, I was, like okay, their house, their entire house looks like Cracker Barrel. But anyway, so another funny thing is that no one dresses for the weather. Like this is supposed to be in Tennessee, but there's a part where they say, um, the, the radio DJ guy says, uh, oh, it's going to be a high of like 30 something. Um, which seems to be a little bit unusual, uh, for, for that area. But um Shelby is like the day that he says it's gonna be 30 something Shelby's out there in like this like dress yeah she's got like this skirt thing on yeah and totally it's fine like above her knees yeah and then that's kind of a trend throughout the movie like it, the the guy gets on the radio another time and says it's gonna be a brisk one and then like Mason's out there like wearing a t-shirt yeah and you can't see anybody's breath or anything um <laughs> the one part where uh where um, Mason's outside of their house when he knocked on the door and Shelby, like, closed it on him or whatever. Um, her dad's like, Mason's gonna freeze to death out there. And it's like, you were just out there with, like, no coat on or Yeah, anything. with, like, this dress and, like, a, a very light sweater. Like, and you were fine. You could totally tell the movie was filmed in, like, June or something or, like, yeah. the springtime. Yeah, or, I mean, like, we know that it was filmed in Georgia. It was actually filmed in Georgia. It's set in Tennessee, um, and so it was, I mean, it was likely warmer anyway, but, 
Um, but that was pretty funny. And there's a part where, like, all inside, she's, like, super bundled up. And, like, it's like, okay, so she dresses warmer inside than she does outside. <laughs> right. It makes no sense. But, I mean, these are things that only we would notice. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the part where, like, the rooster crows and, like, wakes up Mason kind of bugged me because it was, like, 5 a.m., but the sun was up. Yeah, they said it was, like, 520, I think. not how winter works. And, I mean, we aren't talking about, like, the sun was, like, the the sky was starting to, like, lighten up. Like, like, the sky was light. Yeah, it was, like, noon. (laughs) And, I mean, I know Tennessee is a little bit, like, further south than us, in, like, a different geographical area, kind of. But it's all still in the Midwest. Like, come on. Yeah, right, right. That's a little bit unrealistic. So, um, at one point before, kind of at the beginning, before uh, Mason comes back um, to town, they have some sort of event where they're watching him do that competition yeah. or whatever it was. Um, and the grand prize, they I guess they have, like, a raffle or something as part of the event. And the grand prize is a signed CD. Woo, spent a lot of money on that like, one. that's the grand prize of the raffle. Is a, okay, and I get it. It's a signed CD by Mason Wyatt, like this big um, country music star, but really, like, that's your grand prize? Yeah, a little, <laughs> little, little weak. And then there was the kid. This kid's like 11, and he's like fucking stupid. Joked. Like, oh. the look on his face, he's, like, so excited that, oh, my God, I might win this CD. Kid's 11. There's no fucking way he knows what a CD even is. Right. Okay, like, maybe he knows what it is, but, I mean, come on. That's like, what my grandparents use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he like the look on his face is just, like, it would make his whole fucking day, but, like, that kid is not listening to CDs. That's Spo- so Spoiler weird. alert, he doesn't win the CD. Probably destroyed his life. Yeah, I mean, he's probably so upset. Like, he actually probably thought that it was some cool, like, retro, like, um, record. Even though I'm sure he doesn't know what that is. He's probably like, record? What's record? He probably doesn't know, like, past CD anyway. But anyway. Whatever. So. (laughs) Um, So there's this part where Mason is with with Shelby's dad. And they they come out of this uh, restaurant or whatever. They're eating breakfast. And uh, he's like, uh, Shelby's dad is like, you have your guitar on you? He's like, yeah, I always got my guitar on me. He's just like, but like he clearly did not have it on him. No, he was walking around town. He wasn't driving, um, so it wasn't in his car or whatever. And it and he didn't have it when he was walking before he went into the restaurant. Yeah. And then when he came out, like he's like always, yeah. And like we're like looking around, like where are you just gonna pull it out of your asshole? Like where do you keep your guitar? I said he. I said he chained it to a bike rack. I mean, what the fuck else is he going to do with it? Yeah. Uh, so in, like, the, the this business that they have is, you know, a berry farm. And then they, uh, they make, like, preserves to sell and pies and stuff. And the pies that they sell are baked fresh every day. And I don't understand how. I've seen their kitchen. And it's, I mean, it's not like they have ten ovens in their kitchen. Like, they bake them yeah. at their house in the morning every day. And... When she's selling the pies to uh, the lady, the the buyer, yeah, um, she gives her like six pies. Did did Shelby get up at like two thirty in the morning and just like bake pies? Yeah, are like, they just like baking them all night or something? So I that don't like know. it doesn't really make any sense. But I mean, again, I think these are the things that nobody's really supposed to notice, but we do. That's why we're here. Yeah, because yeah, we're here to just fuck shit up and and make it all not make sense. Yeah. 
So, uh, there's this part where Shelby's driving and, like, there's, like, quote-unquote, a traffic jam, I guess. Like, a country road <laughs> traffic jam. A backup. And, and you can see, like, there's, like, you know, like, seven, eight cars or something. And then there's some cows in the middle of the road. And the the guy who we find out is, like, the, the uh, business developer is, like, the car in front of her. And he comes and knocks on her window. <laughs> Rolls it down and he goes... What, what did he say? He was like... He said something like, uh, oh, oh cows. Cow, cows are probably bro- blocking the road. Like, dude, The turn cows around. are they're, 20 feet away. They're right there. Like, you can see that they are very obviously, like, walking in the road. And he's like, oh, cows are probably blocking the road. Like, like he can't see them right the fuck... And then, to, like, make it even funnier, like, they, they show... They, like, they pan to... The shot pans to the line of cars... With the cows walking, like, across the road, like, in front of it. So it's like, oh, cows are probably blocking the road. Like, I, I think it's more than probably. No, that's him just trying to make conversation. And she's like, yeah, I, I see that. Thanks, bud. Yeah, I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> Although you are, because you ignored all of the notices from the bank. I'm sorry. I didn't need to go back to that. That's true. We're past that Fair now. point. So, um, some of some of the the really... There's some phrases in here... Um, that I don't know if they're Southern phrases, uh, or, um, it, they seem like they would be, I, I don't know, like I'm not from the South. And so if anybody listening is like from the South and can confirm, uh, these, these phrases, um, hit us up on our social media, comment on our, on our stuff and like, yeah. let us know like what you what you think. Um, but, uh, there's a point where her dad says, um, says my ears are shooting 2020. He's like, oh, I thought my eyes deceived me, but my ears are... Shooting twenty twenty or something like what? that. And it's funny because he's wearing hearing aids um, in both ears. And so, like, I, I don't know. There's another phrase where... Um, I actually am familiar with this one, um, where Shelby is talking to Mason, um, and she's, you know, being mean to him, and she's like, I just don't think that dog will hunt. And I've heard that phrase before. Yeah, yeah that's kind of... Um, it's just fun. Yeah, it's uh, just fun. The other one was that was good and savage. It was uh, it ain't baggage if you don't carry it around. Yeah. Oh, that one hit me like right in the soul. Like yeah. I felt like hashtag attacked, very <laughs> attacked on that one. Like because I mean I I'm the kind of person like I don't forget stuff. Like you know I forgive but I don't forget. I guess and um like so I guess you could say that I like carry baggage around. But like he said that and I was like ouch like (laughs) damn like you gotta hit me with that and that was her dad that said that so i mean very good point we should all learn that lesson it ain't baggage if you don't carry it around you can always choose to not carry your baggage some of us just fucking like to okay (laughs) like some of us fucking petty people just like to carry our baggage okay where am i gonna leave it there you go checking get them whatever get them uh (laughs) that other good one was uh whatever flipped your pancake I like that one. Oh, I do like that. I'm yeah. going to start using that Whatever regularly. Whatever your boat. Um, then the uh, telling lies and chewing the fat. I fun. don't get this one. Like, I get it. It's it's basically saying, like, oh, we're just messing around and, like, shooting the shit. You know? Like, I, I think that's what it's supposed to mean. But, like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, chewing, chewing the fat, I don't. I oh, guess well, I don't get it. I've heard you in the fat before. It's kind of like a just like... Just shooting the shit. Yeah, that's okay. essentially what it is, but I've never heard like the telling lies part with it, but I don't know. I thought it was fun. I think the telling lies part, I, I guess that refers to like gossiping yeah, or something. I, like I guess so. I don't know. But I, I have to say that like Barry Corbin 
is really funny. Like if if you haven't seen him in anything, like you're really missing out. He was in um he was in One Tree Hill, um, which is one of my all time favorites. Um, and they gave him a lot of really good lines in that one too. Like he's he's just that kind of like an actor that you know, you can give all the good lines to, and, and he really, like, sells the, the comedic relief. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this movie overall is super boring, <laughs> but, but, uh... <laughs> but he but, makes it super interesting. Yeah, he just, like, the faces he makes and, like, the kind of, like, little lines he has here and there are, are pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, the weirdest things that, that we... Th- these are really weird, guys. Um, there's, like, some odd sections... Like, a couple of places that become kind of sexual in it, a really weird way. Yeah, like, it, it super hints at it, but, like, this movie is rated G, so, like, they had to be super, super careful about it, I, I imagine. Um, yeah, and the the one that is strikes me as very odd is Shelby, like, walks into the banker guy's office, um, the financial guy, and... I, I don't know if it's, like, I guess it's what they would consider, like, phone sex. Like, he's on the phone. He's got his wife on speakerphone. Yeah. Or we assume it's his wife anyway. Right. But, like, his door's open. Like, she just walks right in. Like, it's not like his door is closed. But, like, he's on the phone with his wife talking, like, you know, into the... It's, it's on speakerphone. So yeah. he's, it's not like he's talking, like, into a receiver or anything. And he's just, like yeah, can you wear that, like, red turtleneck tonight? And he's, like, saying it. And she, like, walks in, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then his wife is like, is that Shelby? Oh, Shelby, forget what you just heard. What? (laughs) What? It's so weird. What? I can imagine if it was like, hey, can you wear that red lingerie or, like, that skimpy little thing you have? Yeah, but... A turtleneck is literally the least sexiest piece of clothing you can wear in the world. The least sexiest piece of clothing is a fucking turtleneck yeah like and he's just like oh can you wear that turtleneck and then she's like oh please forget that you ever heard that heard fucking what <laughs> it's like so- your husband telling you to wear a fucking sweater yeah it's like, super that's, weird that's so bonkers it, but like i know what they're trying to do but <laughs> yikes yeah it did did not did not transfer well uh, but my Favorite scene, I would argue, is the best scene in the entire fucking movie. Absolutely. Is when he, him and, um, and Shelby's dad are in the restaurant, um, having, like, breakfast, and this waitress that waited on them, I just, oh my god. Well, she can't believe her eyes. It's Mason Wyatt. He's here. He's in the flesh. And she clearly just can't get over her. Yeah, she's totally fangirling, which is one thing, but the way she's fangirling is, like, she is, like, so sexual. Like, she's, like, I don't even know how to explain. Like, she's, like, what kind of fruit do you want on your, on your pancakes? And she's naming all the berries. She's, like, blueberries, strawberries, peaches. Um, And, like, like, (laughs) she's, like, peaches. (laughs) The way she says peaches, she's, like, Peaches and like she's like 
she's fucking creaming her pants like on the fucking spot it's so weird and but it's so funny everybody at the table is just laughing at her and like mason's sitting there like oh god Super and he, he's probably used to that kind of thing i'm sure that happens to him but it's so it's so funny because like this wait like she's obviously like about to go into the back for for her 15 minute break and just like fucking masturbate yeah, I'm sure. Like, like, she has to go change her pants. That's the kind of, yeah, that's the kind of vibe she gives off. It, it, I mean, it really is. Like, we are not exaggerating. Like, you watch this scene, and, like, her eyes are, like, as wide as fucking saucers. She's impressed by, you know, everything. And she, like, her, like, her panties are completely fucking wet. <laughs> and it was a weird, like, sexual part, but, like, it's my favorite fucking part of the movie. And it's just so funny. And they show, like, the reactions of, um, of Mason and then, uh, Shelby's dad and everything. And, like, the looks on their faces. It's, it's executed fucking perfectly. That's my favorite part. Yeah, definitely. So it wouldn't be a cheesy holiday movie without the lesson. Of course. The moral of the story. The lesson. No, um, and the lesson in this movie is it's keep the faith, don't lose hope. That's what it's supposed to be anyway, but I think the real lesson that they're trying to say is don't worry about your finances until the last second. Like, don't worry about them. Ignore all the notices. It's all just going to work out. But but I, I personally think that maybe the real lesson should be, I don't know, pay your fucking bills on time. Yeah. You know, and maybe you won't get kicked out of your Cracker Barrel house. (laughs) But sure, the moral, fine, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Got it. And the ratings, IMDb gives it 5.9 out of 10 stars, which I think is generous. Yeah, Uh, Rotten Tomatoes give it a whopping 37%. I'm actually surprised it got that much. And as for our own ratings... I give it 2.5 out of 11 cherry pies. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to give it 2 out of 10 foreclosure notices. Oh, and they'll ignore those two. I bet they had about 10. They probably, I mean, look, who knows, but they're... And they only opened two of them. They, <laughs> yeah, very nice. So our, our ratings are about, the, they're, they're close to each other. Yeah. We feel the same way. All right, that's a wrap on episode numero tres of the Hokey Holiday Review. I'm Dustin. I'm Ashley. Thank you for listening. We had such a great time talking about this one. It was a lot of fun. Please follow us on all of our socials. Facebook, the Hokey Holiday Review. Instagram, the Hokey Holiday Review. Twitter, at Hokey Holiday. And you are always welcome to email us at thehokeyholidayreview at gmail.com. Yes, so Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Um, Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. I think that started this week. And um, don't forget, Santa is probably checking the list for the second time, and you want to make sure you're in the nice category. So again, don't be an asshole, and have a great week. Toodaloo!